0: On the inaugural evening of JCK Las Vegas 2019, the nation's most prestigious jewelry expo, the night was set. An ensemble jazz band noodled away as glasses clinked, forks hit plates, and loud laughter filled the air. But that was the party next door, where the mine Diamond companies were celebrating, the loud music was drowning out the sound of us, the small group of gathered cultured diamonds guests next door, brainstorming ways to make our environmentally responsible, sustainable diamonds shine their brightest. Being new to diamonds, I was feeling that cultured diamonds were the underdog, and interestingly so given their clear benefits over mined diamonds. Even gemologists can't tell a cultured diamond from a mind, as there's nothing to tell apart. The word about cultured is starting to get out. Everywhere you go on the internet, you're hearing something about cultured diamonds and luxury. So I wanted to know when cultured diamonds came onto the scene. I wanted to get a sense of how far they had to go to be the top diamonds. I wanted to know how far this movement had come. My name is Clark Watts, and you're listening to Larkin Berry's Diamond Disruptor Podcast.
1: The people that haven't heard about lab-grown diamonds or really don't know what they are, are are really stuck in an old mindset. And, and you know what, this
2: is one of those product categories where monthly the yes. numbers are changing.
3: Laboratory-grown diamond or a created diamond is uh, chemically, physically, optically, atomically
0: the same as the diamond mined from the earth. Hello, and thanks for joining us. I'm a journalist, content writer, and broadcaster. I'm new to the jewelry industry. I started working for Larkinberry just over a year ago, and I've learned a lot about this industry in general, but I still have a lot to learn, and if you're listening, maybe you do as well. We want this podcast to be accessible to those who want to learn about the diamond market, with particular focus on where cultured diamonds, also known as lab-grown, fit into everything, and we hope as well that this podcast can have dual purpose, also appealing just as much to those already in the know. We'll report on the industry trends and interview interesting people from every facet of the culture diamonds industry. The luxury industry in general, maybe anyone with something to say that has sustainable interest in mind. We open this debut episode talking about JCK. JCK Las Vegas is North America's premier yearly expo for jewelry, back at the Sands Expo Center this year. It lasted for a week and wrapped up June 4th. Over 30,000 exhibitors and jewelry buyers attend. Walking the freshly carpeted grounds, you see everything. From the most humble startups with the barest basic booths to entire jewelry stores and many museums constructed just for a week's time. It's an amazing sight. But even with all that visual flair, what makes any event stick out is the people. And at JCK, you meet everyone. People from all over the world. Buyers, brand leaders, analysts, gem quality graders, everyone. And so we thought what better opportunity than an expo like JCK to get a sense from so many different industry types on where cultured diamonds, the emerging disrupting and sustainable alternative to mine diamonds, are at today. Like when when did Lab Grown come in on your radar? You know, it
2: really came in about 10 years ago. Yeah. The thing about Lab Grown was... It and it's wasn't... just
0: picked up exponentially in the last... Well, that's yeah. because
2: it's developed as a product. That's
0: Liz Chatelain, president of MVI Marketing based in Austin. She's been working on a trade marketing research project studying culture diamond sales and trends for almost two years. Right. When
2: it first hit the market, it was not what we call the the um, the perfect diamond for engagement rings right engagement ring center stone diamond is what drives our entire industry especially the one carat round diamond Uh and clear one carat round diamond and it wasn't there now about three years ago it became commercially viable and that's when the you know quote-unquote industry of lab grown really took off
0: now lab grown is the term you'll hear the most for cultured diamonds Liz uses it. A lot of people in this industry do too. There's nothing wrong with it per se. These are diamonds grown in a lab we're talking about, perfected by science to be every bit the equal and even a lot of times superior to mine diamonds. But follow Larkin Berry and you'll notice we use the term cultured as much as possible. I'll use it primarily in hosting this show too. And it's no accident. Laura Chavez, Larkin Berry founder, likes the term cultured best. Among other things, she finds lab-grown, grown, grown, created diamonds, those are all terms too sterile and potentially too easy to associate with synthetic, as in fake. And this is no imitation or cubic zirconia we're dealing with here. Laura wants cultured diamonds to be called that because this is a sophisticated, sustainable, and forward-thinking diamond option.
2: Lab-grown diamonds have been around for about 50 years. So GE actually invented them over 50 years ago. Um, Even right after World War II, they were playing with it. But they weren't even considered for the jewelry market. So really for the jewelry market, it's been about a solid three years that you can get product. This past year, 2018, is when the quote-unquote average retail store, the store is located in every market in, in our USA, started getting really interested in it because the consumer was starting to get interested in it. And it gave them more, um, you know, things to talk about, more opportunities to bring in something new and exciting, to call their consumers and say, come on in, I got something new to show you. So it's it's a driver for their business and makes it very important.
0: Liz knows her stuff, and culture diamonds aren't just making serious headway, they're an emerging major threat to the mine diamonds industry. Their mark is small yet, but it's growing rapidly. In a May 2019 diamond market report, noted industry analyst Paul Zimnitsky said, quote, as of early 2019, there's an estimated 1,500 jewelry stores in the U.S. carrying lab-created diamond jewelry. For context, there's almost 20,000 jewelry stores in the States, end quote. Like I said, a small mark, but we are growing. But today's market has changed for all retail goods. Brick and mortar retailers are dropping like flies. Growing up in the States as I did, who would have thought we'd see a day when there was no more Toys R Us or Circuit Cities? The culture diamond sector must pay attention to trends already working for us, build on them, and expand, and also be adaptable to new tech, the way more and more people are starting to shop.
2: Consumers come into the market, they decide they're going to buy an engagement ring. Now that's either the woman's pre-searching for it, the man's searching for it, or as a couple they're searching. And today's millennial self-educates. Right. Before they're going to purchase anything big, they self-educate. And when someone self-educates, especially on the internet, they do it through traditional internet sources. And then they go to blogs and they go to friends' Facebook pages and they really dig it in and they want yeah. to know more about it. Yeah. So the awareness, not desirability, but we're just talking about awareness for millennial bridal Shoppers, so these are sh- these are consumers who are somehow engaged in shopping for or recently just purchased an engagement ring. It's sixty-five percent are aware.
0: I talked to a guy yesterday that I uh, just met a, a, a gentleman from Georgia who is in artisan jewelry, just a really small startup company, but um, he's almost just as interested in tech. And he was talking about some AI and augmented reality technology where you can just sort of hover your phone over your hand and try on, virtually try on jewelry. So I, the same people you're talking about that are young and, and progressive in the, in the bridal crowd, maybe that... That could be just as great of an incentive to them as actually walking into a store. Have you heard a lot about that kind of thing? I have
2: heard a lot about that. And actually, that started about three or four years ago, but the technology wasn't very good and the rings looked a bit flat. Now it's gotten amazing. In fact, when you walk around the show here, you will see some providers of that service. The retailer can buy the service and lock it onto their... Um, their website, a consumer can come on the website and download that app that's connected to that retailer's website. And on their phone, they can actually, actually look at a hand with rings from that retailer. And then they can click buy and they can buy that ring or they can say, hold it. I'm going to be in, (laughs) or, you know, they can communicate with that retailer. So it's a great way. It's amazing. Retailer to like reach out to that consumer sitting on their couch at home. Yeah. Not just showing them a digital catalog, but actually bringing the jewelry to life. It's right. fantastic.
0: Thanks to Liz Chatelain with MVI Marketing for talking to us. That's MVI, V as in Victor. You can check out their services at MVIMarketing.com. We'll explore the burgeoning tech at play with the rise of culture diamonds and meeting new market demands more in a bit. But first, let's take a look at some cultured diamond science. Cultured diamonds are a disrupting force for a reason. They're created in labs all over the world using state-of-the-art tech to exactly replicate how mine diamonds form naturally underground. We're talking a massive amount of heat and pressure applied to carbon rock, which in just a few weeks' time can yield a carat of gem-quality diamond. But that's not all. Not only is our cultured diamond exactly the same as a mine diamond, it's actually routinely better quality than a mine diamond, not to mention the added bonuses of never having to mine again. No more digging, no more groundwater pollution, no more fretting over whether your jewelry is totally conflict-free. For those who don't know, will you tell us a bit about how that grading and certifying system works?
4: Sure. Well, in our lab, uh, GCAL, Gem Certification and Assurance Lab, we, we take a little bit more of a comprehensive approach to our analysis than than any other lab in the world. Um, so every, every stone starts with the identification um, and kind of classification phase where we're doing weights and measurements. Uh, we have a unique proprietary technology called GemPrint. Uh, GemPrint is basically the fingerprint system for diamonds, so we optically fingerprint each diamond as it's entering our lab, uh, which allows us to positively identify that diamond at any point in the future. It goes through identification, research, and screening, which is where we're determining whether it's a natural diamond, a lab-grown diamond, or a treated diamond. Um, it then goes through the, the blind consensus grading process for both color clarity uh, and finish. And then all the diamonds in our lab go through high-res imaging, light performance analysis, laser inscription, and obviously then certificate production. So uh, the GCal cert, if you've seen them, is much, much more comprehensive, uh, than any other lab report in the market so that's
0: angelo palmieri from gcal the gem certification and assurance lab he and his associate sherry woodring were kind enough to sit down with me for a quick comment when spending on a diamond needless to say you want to make sure you're getting the real deal which is why luxury jewelry commonly comes with a certification being that gcal is a top industry gem rating body i wanted to get their take on cultured diamonds what are the most common grades of culture diamonds that you, that you see? So we, we've seen a shift,
4: and that was one of the things that, that I was just briefly touching on at the beginning, was we've seen a shift now in better colors and better clarity. So I would say that the, the most common color and clarities that we're seeing today are probably in the HIJ color range and VS to, to SI as clarity.
2: I think something to add to that is um, a lot of people who think of lab-grown diamonds, culture diamonds, um, as being perfect. Like, why don't they just grow them perfect? But it's actually very hard for them to grow uh, flawless diamonds. So we see a big range in both the color and clarity from colorless all the way down to browns to fancy colors and, and high clarities. Very few flawless or IFs, um, but high clarities all the way down to I, I1, I2, I3 type qualities.
0: Angelo and Sherry mentioned VS clarity in diamonds. Now, this is important. A chief reason why cultured diamonds are such a big deal, even aside from the eco benefits, are that cultured diamonds are regularly created in the VS clarity range, which is a very high ranking. Mining isn't just as simple as go dig a hole and fetch amazing rough diamonds, and those diamonds are always great. Exploratory digging is done before diamonds are found, and then many of those diamonds mined, they're not even good enough to be gem quality. All Larkinberry cultured diamonds are in the VS rating range, which a huge percentage of diamond jewelry buyers seek, and all Larkinberry diamonds are of type 2A status, which is only seen in 2% of mined diamonds. So the way we see it is, why not go cultured? You're getting the best diamonds and doing something better for Earth. Thanks to Angelo and Sherry from GCal. Find out more about GCal's GEM certification process and services at www.gemfacts.com. GEM quality culture diamonds jewelry is a new market making big waves, but we at Larkinberry like to have a sense of history. There have been progressive, forward-thinking companies who have already been instrumental in getting this ball rolling. Walking the JCK exhibition floor at the Sands Expo Center, you couldn't miss Alter Diamonds. That's Alter spelled A-L-T-R. Alter had one of those huge displays I was talking about earlier in the podcast, a full jewelry store with a large monitor on the outside playing their new ad campaign music video on a loop. It's called 100% Pure Love, and it's to promote the brand's new Alter X line. You can find it on YouTube at the Alter Diamonds YouTube channel. It features peppy dance music and a beautiful couple dancing through flowing red tapestry. The message is clear. Cultured diamonds are something to love. 100% the same as mine diamonds, 100% the only sustainable diamond, and 100% as romantic as any jewelry previously on the market. I got to sit down with a senior Alter brand strategist to find out more.
3: So, this is uh, our most premium offering. Uh, uh, Alter X is basically a special cut that uh, Alter specializes in and holds a patent on, uh, which is uh, creating 10 hearts and arrows as a patented cut uh, within the diamond. Right. And what this does really is, uh, you know, uh, it pushes the optical performance of the diamond. Its almost its maximum possible brilliance. So in test cases, uh, what we've seen uh, more than 95% light performance exists across all the test cases which is exceptional performance and what essentially at the when you hold the diamond in your hand or on your ring uh, it's possibly uh, the most brilliant you can ever see a diamond being. Yes. And that really is uh, what lies at the heart of this product brand. It's called Alter X. Uh, we've just debuted it at JCK. Okay. Uh, opened it up to trade, and the the video and the film is all about celebrating it and really uh, giving it an angle for consumers to uh, relate with it. Right. You know, because at the heart of it, diamond represents the most important relationships in people's lives. You know, and nothing could be more uh, significant than to market with something which is fundamentally the brightest possible
0: version a diamond can stand for. Alters' parent company, the Riam Group, that's R-I-A-M, has dealt in diamonds for decades. All you need to know about their success can be seen in the production values of that Alter X music video and the size of their JCK exhibition. But the best part of such a commanding presence as Alters for a new cultured company like berry we're seeing a willingness to change and adapt to new markets and letting in progressive ideas. Alter's company head, Amish Shah, saw the industry changing and knows cultured as a place to be.
3: So, uh, the parent company uh, for Alter Created Diamonds is R.A. Riam Group, and as a family, they've been in uh, the diamond business for uh, almost three, four generations. Uh, and uh, Amish Shah, the owner and the CEO, he is a third generation diamond tier. So, they are category insiders. You know, there are people who worked with the mine diamonds for a very long time. They've been in the diamond in the diamond jewelry business. So they understand the category inside out. And really created diamonds and Alter created diamonds was was a response to what Amish, uh, who is the CEO and president of Walter, saw was happening in the category. You know, we were losing the category was ruling relevance. Uh, with the consumers. There were so many layers. There were so many nuances. The modern younger couples were not finding the relevance with diamonds. So to respond to that. To really chart a new future for diamonds. Is when they have moved into this category. And Amish personally is very interested in technology. So yes. his interest in tech. And uh, combining it with his expertise in the diamond business. Really brought this opportunity together. Uh, he first came to JCK in 2016, 2006. Uh, not as Alter, uh, okay. but that was the first official, uh, really lab-grown diamond that he brought to this show. And uh, uh, as would be expected, he was scoffed at, not looked at seriously. <laughs> and ten years later, here we are. We're in the most prime presence at JCK. Uh, we've been coming here for three years. And you guys, have,
0: you, he's been involved. He's been involved with created diamonds since 2006? So t- 2006. So right.
3: 2006, and Alter as a company was formed in 2016. So Alter has been around for the last three years. Uh, it sells in now over 250 stores in U.S., Canada. Uh, it retails in New Zealand and Australia, and uh, will expand to Europe, uh, Asia, uh, India, maybe in the next year or the year to come.
0: Thanks to everyone at Alter for being a huge part of paving the way for cultured diamonds. Find out more at www.altr.nyc. So, you've heard a little about Lark and Barry, a new force of culture diamonds luxury jewelry on the market, and a little about Alter, who have been on the scene for three years and come from a long history of diamonds. Now let's meet a small upstart based in Georgia who designs jewelry for you and explore the progressive vision of what the future of jewelry shopping will be like.
5: My name is Andreas Argentinas, the business is Metal Pressions, metalpressions.com, and we specialize in fine, handmade, personalized jewelry. So when you look at, you know, the industry, you have like formal and traditional, and then at some personalized, you have the very inexpensive personalized. We're in between. So silver, gold, appointed with diamonds. Uh, but our, our kind of niche is that we created a platform, it's nearly real time, so we can share links back and forth, and they can load designs, or they can share their designs back with us. And this um,
0: this was an app and, and a web-based platform that you guys actually developed yeah, we that developed people it. design their jewelry mm-hmm. in. Remember earlier, I said we'd get back to exploring tech evolution and how it can help a new movement like culture jewelry that has a unique appeal to young progressives. Well, it was great to meet Andreas from Metal Pressions because he connects right to the customer with innovative systems so that custom jewelry fans can let their imaginations run wild and make their own creations. But he wanted to stress that he feels everyone in the industry, regardless of their jewelry niche, should be on his tech train to the future.
5: I see a lot of lag in the industry, uh, especially when I look at the retail stores we're dealing with and how their shopping experience is and what's going on. On the tech side, sort of? Uh, Yeah, on the tech side, how how they're working with their websites, but also with their retail experiences, like... You know, you don't, you don't see them doing a very good job on like, you know, brick to click, which is like, you know, for their in-store experience and then leveraging that to communicate with them that afterwards. You know, the guys who are going to win, are going to leverage technology. They're going to change that shopping experience. Uh, it's going to be a dynamic presence on online and brick and mortar. And you're going to be doing great if you're in that right position. I think the next phase is that integration of augmented and AI. So Yeah. You know, where you'll have that phone, you'll put it over your hand, and the AI is making recommendations on style. As opposed to, like, machine learning, uh, I don't even know if that's the correct terminology, but where through clicks and, like, Google tracking and remarketing, it's saying, oh, you looked at this, now let me show you this piece on your right. finger. It's going, hey, based on what we know about you, you might like a really eclectic you know style with lots of rainbow colors I, I think our next big step is uh, like real time interactive uh, design so that we can manipulate you know sort of like a, a, uh, a, a tech support experience but not as kludgy you know so cro- may- crossing that bridge and getting that hurdle done so that we can manipulate your screen and, and design for you on your screen
0: Thanks Andreas Argentinis from Metal Pressions Check out their online customization experience for jewelry at metalpressions.com.
1: I'm Victoria Gomelsky. I'm editor-in-chief of JCK Magazine and jckonline.com. Well, we have seven issues, print issues a year, and then a daily newsletter and, you know, obviously a daily website. Um, We've been around, this is our 150th year, the anniversary of the magazine, so we predated the show by, you know, many, many decades. Um, But then we were owned by the show now. The show bought the magazine, uh, gosh, I don't know, 20 years ago or so. Right. So um, we do coverage of the show, but we also cover the jewelry industry at large, just everything that's happening.
0: What better way to wrap up this first episode of the Diamond Disruptor podcast than to get some valuable perspective on the industry from the editor of JCK Magazine itself, Victoria Gomeski. Victoria had stopped by our booth at the Expo Center to find out more about Larkinberry's London store celebrating a year in business and to see the first place award for our asymmetrical bow collection, which we just won in the JCK Editor's Choice competition for design.
1: I don't know, two, 2005, I recall, you know, companies like Genesis, these sort of uh, pioneers in uh, lab-grown diamonds come up. So the conversation's been bubbling, but what's been interesting is that as we're celebrating our 150th anniversary, we've had, you know, sort of we're digging through our archives. We have 150 years worth of magazine issues. And this conversation about lab-grown, synthetic, cultured, cultivated what you want to call them, diamonds, has been going on for decades. Yeah,
0: technically about 50 years, right?
1: Right, since GE's uh, developments back in the 50s. So um, you see the, it's interesting to read these old issues because you see the paranoia and the hysteria and the confusion and (laughs) the concern, and it hasn't abated that much. It's really been going strong for all these decades. I think what we see now is just a lot more, you know, an embrace of the industry, certainly You know, you can't stop this from happening, and we see a lot more marketing going on, a lot more retailers who've long been the gatekeepers to this business, finally coming around, you know, and saying, "Okay, well, you know, either our our customers are asking for this, or I want to offer this as an alternative product to my to my clients." You know, sort of a we can't fight them, so let's just join them approach now.
0: As you heard, there, Victoria did her own digging through the JCK archives, and she's seen the culture trend emerging for decades. In our talk, I told her I was surprised to see some retailers that Larkin Berry have contacted through sales outreach either still not aware of culture diamonds or just not adopting of it at all. Which shocks me, for too many reasons to count. Falling behind the times, especially now, in an era of such rapid technological progression that affects every area of our lives, and certainly the marketplace, it's not a good place to be.
1: Well, I think... I think there are a lot of retailers who barely have social media accounts and certainly aren't selling online. So there's, there's a whole community of sort of traditional stores. They're aging. They haven't really caught up with things. They haven't made their stores, um, attractive enough to want to, you know, so their children aren't taking them on because the children are like, this store is old. It doesn't do anything interesting. I'm not going into the business. And so eventually those stores are going to close because they haven't done enough to keep, keep, keep customers coming in and you know, just really stay ahead of the the competition. So um, those are probably one and the same. The people that haven't heard about lab-grown diamonds or really don't know what they are 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 really stuck in an old mindset. So I don't see good things for them, unfortunately.
0: Earlier in the podcast, we covered cultured diamonds terminology. Larkin Berry goes with cultured as the favorite term to make an impression today with this diamonds movement and to see it thrive in the future. And also, frankly, there just seems to be such a glut of the same terminology being used out there, cultured being the least used. Lab-grown, you hear so much, and while it might currently be a favorite term in search engine optimization terms, and of course sales are key, Larkenberry founder Laura Chavez is worried that all this sameness runs risk of the cultured option seeming less a crucial movement towards sustainability. It could be seen more as a cheap fad. And so we wonder... Are we as culture diamond supporters in danger of being a new dot com bubble burst?
1: Yeah, I mean that's a good question. I do think you know this there there is probably a fly by night quality to some companies that just see an opportunity, think they can make a quick buck, uh, you know, don't care that much about educating their customers, don't care that much about disclosing things properly, don't care that much about doing business in the right way. And I don't think they'll survive. And in fact, uh, you know, I can't think of any specific... Well, I can think of a specific company. I just don't even recall the name because right. I saw them a couple of years ago. They had a ton of lab-grown product. It wasn't marketed thoughtfully in the slightest. It was just a bunch of crappy-looking pieces. And I don't think they're around anymore. And that was pretty quick. But listen, they didn't take any time <laughs> or they didn't, you know, take any time to build a, sort of a niche for themselves or to brand themselves. And I, you know just because you offer a good value doesn't mean that that's that you can rest on that right. I mean, otherwise it's a race to the bottom so i think that you know larkinberry i was really impressed you know you're you're sort of claiming a nice place you offer nice pieces that have good design that look great that are exactly the same in terms of their chemical and optical properties. i would love to see sort of a pop-up where you have your products you have somebody there who's ready to explain and you just, I'd love to hear, can uh, kind I of be a fly on the wall? What is a, uh, get a, get a real gist. Cause I, I mean, I know too much, you know, I've been covering jewelry <laughs> for 20 years, so it's hard for me to have a really genuine, uh, you know, I, or a sense of what, what lab grown, what synthetic, what cultured diamonds mean to somebody who's not spent 20 years in jewelry. Right. So I'd love to hear that.
0: Thanks Victoria. Check out jckonline.com for round the year jewelry industry coverage. At the end there, Victoria mentioned she'd love to see a cultured diamonds pop up outside of an expo event, in a mall, anywhere. Really explaining what it is that cultured is all about. That's what Larkin Berry want as well, and what we're building towards. Our brand wants everyone to learn more about cultured, the more environmentally responsible alternative to mine diamonds. We want everyone to know you have a choice now in buying luxury jewelry. And that there's only one choice that's truly sustainable for the future. And that's culture jewelry. Whether it's diamonds, emeralds, sapphires, or recycled gold. And that's the end of the first episode of the Diamond Disruptor Podcast. Please subscribe and stay tuned for future episodes covering this industry. And thanks to everyone at JCK Las Vegas 2019 who took the time to sit down with me. Go to larkandberry.com to see our jewelry and follow us on social
5: media at LarkinBerry.